When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh! Wonderful shot by Lennox Lewis! A right hand by Holyfield! By Boston Douglas! Look at this! He's knocked by Tyson down for the first time in his career! But unfortunately, it'll never happen. Front! Bunches! And bunches! And it's over! I think it's gonna be over. say there seems an element of genuine hate between these two Ambrose. For sure. I don't hate the man. Just imagine if you bought a ticket. Stop it, Greg. You can stop it any time. Castillo's in trouble. Leak steps in and the fight is over. Oh! Welcome back to the Legendary Nights Podcast After Show. I am joined by our co-host, Luca, as always. But we're also joined by a very, very, very special guest for this. We're joined by the wife of Johnny Tapia, who you might have heard during the course of the episode, Teresa Tapia. Teresa, welcome to the After Show. Thank you so much for taking the time out to speak to us and recollect about Johnny's fight with Danny Romero. Well, thank you for having me. It's an honour. It's a pleasure to have you on. We really appreciated your input into the episode and it really, for us, it added a lot of value to be able to tell the story but to also hear it from your own perspective and your own words as well, which was fantastic. And, you know, we really enjoyed putting it together. Luke, I'm going to bring you into the conversation now. You've had the opportunity to listen to the episode. What are your thoughts, recollections and, and memories of this particular fight and period of time? Well, I mean, I think I speak for most people in my generation that Johnny Tapia was uh, must-see television. And he was basically, besides Finito Lopez, he was the lower weight guy. I guess Michael Carbajal fits that bill as well for me in my era, but it was really Michael Carbajal, Finito Lopez, and Johnny Tapia. And I think that what I remembered about this was uh, conversations that were hard to have, right, because the internet didn't exist. And this was like a diehards fight fan of who's really going to win this because there was that seed of doubt amongst some fans that Romero could do it. And then Tapia was just one of these once in a lifetime Hall of, Hall of Fame type fighters, really, literally a Hall of Fame fighter. So I think that's what my seeds date back to when I think of this fight as this was one of those moments that showed Tapia's greatness. And Therese, just bringing yourself in, obviously you lived it. You got to live the experiences uh, with Johnny, punch for punch, blow for blow. Uh, going back to that moment in time and just, just for everybody else's benefit, really, just put it into context of what what this meant to, to you, to Johnny, to, 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 to be in Albuquerque, fighting for Albuquerque, to, to essentially be the king of Albuquerque. It was definitely the biggest fight of Johnny's life. I mean, he 
of course, you know, he likes to, when, when Johnny was alive, he talks about all of his championships, but this one was special because he was fighting for his state, for the pride of his city. He was, you know, Johnny was just not going to lose. And that was his, his whole frame of mind. And there was, didn't matter that he was maybe the loca who's always um, in the midst of craziness. All that mattered was that no one was going to beat him, mainly Danny Romero. And that was it. Like his, that was his whole attitude since the fight was signed and it never changed till the day that he walked in the ring and actually beat Danny. What I take away from this story is, Johnny, we know his stories. They're all well documented. You've told them many a time, Cereza, about how his life was so up and down throughout that that period of time. But it was like he was such a sort of a calm guy for, for the most part going into most of his fights. But what I took away from it was the fact that for this particular fight... It was just all the stuff that was leading into it. It just, it somewhat just triggered him, completely triggered him. And I recall you telling me the story separately uh, about what happened the first time you laid eyes on Danny Romero. So, just taking yourself back to that that moment in time, what was the tension like? What was the feelings like surrounding that build up? You know, it was definitely you could feel it. The tension, you could cut it with a knife. And I remember the press conference was on April 30th. And I'll, you know, never forget it. We had, you know, we were, Johnny was up on the podium and Danny walked in. And I remember Danny kind of gave Johnny this look. And Johnny literally jumped over seats and podiums and everything to try to get at him. And it wasn't fake. It wasn't set to sell tickets. I mean, it was very real. And after that moment, with all the other incidents that were happening with the fights before this, the police in Las Vegas, Nevada said, we will not, we're not putting up with this. From that point on, the commission and the police and everybody involved thought, you know what, it'd be so dangerous to have these two in the same room with Johnny's temper. So they separated everything. They had separate press conference, separate weigh-ins. The first time I think that's ever been done, metal detectors, you name it. It was just a different type of, no one had ever had to do that before these two met each other in that ring. And Luke, you're bringing you into this conversation now. Between 96 and 97, you had Tyson and Holyfield, the ear-biting incident. You had Bowen Galotta on two separate occasions in two of the wildest moments in, in boxing history. So leading into to Johnny's fight with Danny, tensions were not just high because it was a battle of Albuquerque. Tensions were high because boxing was in disrepute because of all them incidents at the time. And I, I think also mentioned, I think Larry Holmes had an incident and also wasn't Riddick Bowe socked a guy at a press con. Like there were kind of like a slew of these every every few years. But this one really stood out because it was like you you could kind of tell, like Teresa said, it wasn't fake. Like I feel like some of these things you always kind of whether it was the morality component, I wanted to believe they weren't real. The thing that made Johnny so legendary was you could just see kind of his vulnerabilities to all different levels and you could see that his emotion was on his sleeves and when he got into it with Romero and all these different instances you could tell it was a genuine dislike like that's what it came to me watching it from as a viewer I definitely agree with that I mean there was this was not for the cameras this was definitely for the pride of their city and I think you know even looking at Danny Romero's emotions you could see that it meant just as much to him as it did for Johnny and you know I'm watching it from both sides and 
it was it was just a fight that the fans wanted. And I believe deep down between, you know, I can only speak for Johnny, of course, but I believe even with Danny, they I think secretly, you know, both of them, no matter what, they wanted to know who was the best. And it had to be proven and it had to happen. Absolutely. And this is what was, was great about the tale for us. And the reason why we wanted to do it for, for this series of Legendary Nights is because it's one of them fights that I think there's, there's so much that surrounded it that we feel like fights like this get forgotten about you know it's sad that they do not oh, of course in america but i mean in the uk and worldwide like boxing fans are in a, are in a different generation now boxing fans don't always look past a certain date in time and they forget about these things or they, maybe they don't even know about fights like this or moments like this in time so when we put these episodes together we want to do it on the basis that we want to tell the story of, of two competitors two guys you know it, it, who had different walks of life who came together on this collision course who created uh, a fantastic moment in in that particular era which it was it was a fantastic moment the build-up to it the the video package to it i, I went back and watched it again and it's it just jim Lampley just describes things so greatly about these two guys going into the ring and you know even looking back on it all these years later it still sort of puts you know the hairs on my arms standing up because I think wow you know the whole build-up to this this was it's a moment it was a moment that solidified in time and that's why we've enjoyed putting this together thoroughly but just going back to this again Teresa looking back on on the, the fight itself, looking back where Johnny was at that time, we know he was having troubles inside and outside of the ring. You 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 were quite open and honest about the fact that there was a lot of trouble in the lead up to this particular fight re, with regard to him training. So how much of a how much of a logistical nightmare was this for you? Obviously, being his wife and his manager trying to get him into the biggest fight of his life. You know, it was definitely worrisome. I remember, you know, sitting there watching, you know, and reading and listening to everybody because we're up in Big Bear training and Danny's in New Mexico up in the mountains training. And like I said, all I could hear was all these things, you know, and I remember there was quotes that Danny was saying, I'm going to knock him out third round and into the third row. That's how hard I'm going to hit him. And I'm just listening to all this stuff. And Johnny, like I said, it was almost like, like there was, he didn't, you could not get Johnny to even engage in anything Danny said, anything he was just, he would blow it off. Like it was not a big deal. And he would laugh and he'd say, I'd like to see it happen. That was Johnny's mentality and his attitude. But what was worrisome for me as his wife was here we are together and you're, you know, I'm watching him. He's going to jail. He's not, he don't have his trainer. He's not training. He's messing around with drugs. It was just a nightmare for me to watch. And it was kept unfolding in front of me. And, you know, I, I, I thought about, you know, canceling the fight. I thought about a bunch of things. And Johnny would tell me, you're not going to cancel this fight. There's nothing you're going to do. This fight is mine. I am going to win this fight. And he did. And But like I said, leading up to it, I mean, we he fired Emmanuel Stewart. He, you know, was left without a trainer. I It was just like I was telling you before. And I'm sure that, um, you know, that's all the stuff you already have recorded. But it was just the craziest time of our life and 
I was very worried as a wife, as a manager. And, and when I finally confessed to Bruce Trampler, he was, you know, able to get us to Vegas. And again, no altitude. It was hot. It was 107 degree weather. Johnny was running in that heat. He was sparring. I remember Augie Sanchez, who's a, I believe a Southpaw. So it wasn't even the right type of fighter for Johnny to be sparring. And he was just not doing well in sparring. Johnny would, he just didn't look good. So going into that fight, I just remember as that, you know, when you see them both walking in and he's in that ring, you know, I'm sitting there basically holding my breath. And after that first round, though, I just knew he had it. I knew it was all going to be okay. So, Luke, bringing you back into the conversation now, just talking about, obviously, Johnny a little bit in the lead of what Teresa was talking about and, you know, get, giving us the story of how things actually went down uh, going into that fight. When you look back on the performance that he puts on, it's, for me, the pivotal moment of his career. It's probably the best moment of his career in terms of not just winning a world title or defending the world title, but actually being able to say he was the best fighter out of Albuquerque in that weight category. Yes. I think being able to to wear that title, but I also believe that fight catapulted Johnny into a whole new level of success and attention. And, you know, it just, there was, that fight was the beginning of Johnny just skyrocketing into the fame that he found in the ring. Luke, do you want to add to that? I mean, I'm just enjoying listening. I'm I'm enjoying listening, so I'm just going to fall back for a second. I just want to listen. Teresa, you tell some great stories about Johnny, and and obviously this, for for me, you know, like I've said, uh, we've fallen a little bit over this episode because when we put these things together for for our listeners, uh, we we basically put it together on on our own sort of passion for this sport and passion for its history and its fighters. And, And obviously, as you know, Johnny was someone we'd already covered for our Darker Side of Boxing series, which predominantly really focus more on on the the issues that he'd struggled with throughout his life from from very early on all the way up until you know his untimely demise and this episode for us was more about sort of putting him in the light which i think people need to remember johnny by which is his uh, sublime boxing skills and the way he was able to you know he was able to just live up to the the hype that was around him because people i suppose at the time probably didn't expect him to go in there have you know knowing that he had all these recent troubles and people i can imagine people didn't really expect him to go in there and do what he did on that night i definitely agree with you but i it started you know back in you know when johnny made his comeback to the ring after his you know four-year exile from boxing to put it politely he um when he walked in the ring i remember when he fought under tommy morrison's card in oklahoma Everybody, all the newspapers, every boxing magazine, you know, they were, everybody was speculating and they didn't think he was going to have it. But not only did he have it, he was a different fighter. He was a better fighter. And because he had fallen down and came back, like Johnny used to say, I came back from hell and I did what I had to do. There was really no fear because he had already been through the worst. So when he came back the second time around, you know, back in 1990, um, it was 1994, March, let's see, March 27th, 1994, under the Tommy Morrison card, there was already a lot of speculation that he didn't have it. So at that same time, as Johnny's making his way back, Danny Romero's dominating 
all of these newspapers about being the hardest, you know, hitting, you know, a guy in that weight class that he was knocking these people out that were 147 pounds. And, you know, that's what you'd see. So it was always positive on Danny's side. And it was always negative on Johnny's side. It was like, okay, he won, but how long is it going to last? All right, he won that one. But now what's going to happen? And then Johnny, of course, being true to form and who he was, was also getting in trouble, even though he had made his comeback and he won his title and he was still getting in trouble and he was kicked out of New Mexico. So again, Johnny had all this bad, bad media. And Danny in that time was the golden boy, you know, we wanted from New Mexico because everybody was saying, oh, he's such a great guy and he's doing this. And so it was always that comparison and Johnny was always going to be the bad guy and Danny was always going to be the good guy. And that's just all it was. So watching all that play out when they finally arrived and they met in that ring, people forgot about the bad guy and the good guy. All they thought about was Johnny was the champion. Johnny proved beyond a shadow of the doubt that he was the best. And that was it. End of story. And Johnny moved on and he went on to do great, great things and become a hall, multiple, multiple t- Hall of Famer, seven different Hall of Fames. And here we are making movies on him. We have series coming out. We have There's two books on him. We have a, a movie that's in the works by a great director. I mean, the sky's the limit and this guy isn't forgotten. It's just going on and on and on. Luke, I'm going to let you come in now and, and give your thoughts, okay. feelings and opinions on just everything Teresa's really saying. And, and, and of course, looking back on the fight itself, uh, given what Teresa said and given what we know of what was going on at the time, just really sort of putting into context, you know, how good of a performance this was for Johnny and how much of a pivotal moment it was. Well, I mean, I think that to me, Johnny Tapia was always kind of like the Oakland Raiders of the NFL. He's like, there was a bad boy image to him, but there was something so likable as well. And I think that's what like Al Davis and the Raiders organization kind of has played off. And what kind of bothered me about this fight was, and this is going through the episode and also my memory, and I could be a little wrong, was there was a hint of Romero not respecting Johnny Tapia. And there was like moral undertones to that, not respecting the skill set. And I could be remembering this wrong, but that always bothered me because it's like, People's lives can be whatever. We all have our own vices, but I don't like when we bring that type of stuff or just kind of belittle a champion. Boxing's the worst at this, where a person will achieve so much and then they go through a pitfall and then the guy that's fighting them will, ah, you didn't do anything. You know, it's it's really the most disrespectful sport of any sport. We will look at a Hall of Famer and condemn them off of one performance or one mistake. I think a perfect example is Errol Spence right now. He's never lost a fight, but how many people want to condemn him because he's he's had an issue outside of the ring that a lot of people struggle with, right? But people want to condemn Spence or pass judgments on him based off of him struggling, which I think is more relatable, right? And I think that's why Tapia resonated with me, right? Relatability. We all struggle with things. And to me, this fight was a battle, not just of New Mexico, but it was kind of like a battle of different forms of status quo. And once what was beautiful about it was once they got in the ring, it was strictly a fight. And I think that's my memory of it was all this stuff going into it got thrown out the window and the legend of Tapia kind of set the record straight in the ring. 
And you're, and I agree with you a hundred percent. I mean, Johnny wasn't given the credit by anybody. I mean, yes, he had his fans and he had a lot of people that said, you know, about his talent, but you're absolutely 100% right. They had forgotten that Johnny was 20 and 0 before he was kicked out of boxing for four years and they underestimated him and all everybody could see because Danny was the fresher of the two. He was the younger. He had been dominating while Johnny wasn't fighting, you know, and I think they were so hung up on that. Everybody was underestimating the fighter that he was. Yeah, I I agree with that. Teresa, I think that's a, that's a good way of uh, assessing where things were at at that particular time. But just sort of talking about the fight and, and the aftermath of, of this, I I have always said to you, Teresa, and I'll say it again because I believe it was it was a defining moment. Uh, we All the boxers have them. Every boxer usually gets the opportunity to have a defining moment in the career, whether it be good or whether it be bad. And and whilst people might have looked at the bad side of what was going on in Johnny's life around the time and around those few years, that particular moment, I think now looking back on it with hindsight, I think you look at it and for me, looking as an outsider, I look at it and go, well, this was, this was a defining night in his career. This was part of what was going to lead on to like you say multiple weight world champion multiple time hall of famer and and i think this was one of them big moments in his career which really sort of it, it, it sort of sky I don't, i'm not saying it didn't skyrocket him before when he when he first wins a world title but i saw i certainly feel like from this moment on when he beats danny romero it was like the sky's the limit for johnny and we we got to see what would go on to happen in his boxing career for better or for worse but it was like this moment was like this, this defining moment in his career which sort of led on and, and started to really solidify the legacy of Johnny Tapia. Yes and I definitely definitely agree with that and and um and sadly it also defined what happened to Danny after that fight you know one was catapulted into fame and stardom and multiple world champions and one could never get back up from that loss so you know it's it, it was kind of sad to see because you got to remember even though all of that emotion was so bad between them at the time Johnny actually felt sorry for Danny and later on went back and picked him up and, you know, gave him opportunity and introduced him to people. And I actually managed Danny, Danny and I got him um intercontinental championship. And it just, it just was never the same though. And, you know, being that Danny was from New Mexico and, you know, obviously being a fellow New Mexican, you wanted to see him pick himself back up and come to win another world title or two world titles. But it sadly, it just didn't happen. That wasn't meant to be. And so, you know, when you pick apart both sides, yes, we're ecstatic. We're on cloud nine and there's no stopping Johnny. But then you look at the demise of Romero after that fight and that was sad because, again, there's always a winner and a loser. So, Luke, I'm going to bring you in because I want you to really give a a closing statement from your side, really, about this tale, about Johnny Tapia, Danny Romero, what it meant for that moment in time what it meant for johnny what it meant for danny what obviously Teresa was just mentioning and just your sort of final feelings and opinions are on this tale this story uh, and this wonderful fight well i think for me the closing statement is it's like this was a massive fight that really defined tapia's legacy like this is the fight a hall of fame fighter wins fending off the young guy who's emerging right and then you enter in all the storylines that they're from basically the same state, same area. 
you know, all these interesting nuances. But I think another legacy of this fight is seemingly was very hard to find a venue, like a story within a story. Like if you guys made a documentary or movie on this about how hard it was to get a venue, that's something I'd be all in on because that was something I was thinking about. Like, I think that's another element to this fight's legacy is the logistical kind of nightmare this fight was led to probably an evolution in the boxing business on top of the legacy component. And, and, you know, like in your, when we talk about having the fight somewhere, as you know, Johnny wanted it in New Mexico. And, you know, from what I understand, the Romeros wanted it outside of New Mexico, but I believe that, you know, this fight, it was already a legendary fight, but can you imagine the magic behind it? If it would have been held in New Mexico and you would see, all of these, this talk about these airplanes being turned around midair because the, the Tapia and Romero fans were fighting and, you know, HBO did a wonderful job, you know, documenting the before what was happening in New Mexico. And, and I believe that there was newspapers that said that the quietest night in Albuquerque history for crime, because everybody was watching, like it was just beyond like the numbers that came in from the viewership in New Mexico was beyond crazy all over the world. But you got to remember, this was a pride of a hometown. So there was no one on the streets. They did. HBO was, you know, was, you know, roaming around with their cameras. There was no one outside. There was the streets were empty. It looked like a ghost town. And to me, that is like the like it's like the coolest thing ever to know that these two little giants were able to accomplish that and you know they left it in the ring and after that you know it it was just it just shows you the magic and the power that a lot of these fighters have and it was just it was just like I said it, it was it was epic it was just an epic night an epic fight everything about it we could definitely do a documentary around, I mean, just going on on what was happening on Danny's side, what was happening on Johnny's side, what was happening in the state, what was happening in the city, what was happening in Nevada as they're trying to lock in venues, what was happening behind doors at the police department in Las Vegas where they were scared that, you know, there was going to be a riot. I mean, it was just, there's so many layers of things that you can do and talk about with this fight. There is, and I think that was a brilliant way to give a closing statement from yourself there Therese I think there's nothing more that I think you could add to that that would that would top what you've just said about this particular fight and you're right it would be brilliant to see a high level production company bring in their 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 technical knowledge their technical side and be able to put something like this together I mean this is on the 25th anniversary it's 25 years since that fight took place it's just passed and you know it was ironic that we were doing the episode around a similar time this actually happened and and we're we're really happy that we was able to put this together and finally for myself for for everybody listening I hope you have enjoyed having Teresa's input into this and into the episode I hope you've enjoyed having Lukey's input into this and to the episode and Teresa it's been a pleasure thank you so so much for coming on and sharing just a few snippets of, of what it was really like at that moment in time. Well, I thank you both for having me on. And it, like I said, it's always an honor. And thank you for deciding to highlight this very important 
time for Johnny and um, and Danny and the whole state of New Mexico. And I do thank you for that. Well, Teresa, it's been a pleasure. Lukey, it's been an absolute pleasure having you both on for your thoughts, feelings and opinions on the tale of Johnny Tapia versus Danny Romero. Fight fans, if you've enjoyed listening to the after show, make sure you let us know on social media, on Twitter at Legend Night Pod or on Facebook, the BTR Boxing Podcast Network. You can find us on Instagram. Make sure you've subscribed to the YouTube channel as well. If you've not checked out our Patreon membership page, please do go and check that out. See all the available services that we have on there, early access to episodes ad-free episodes, patron-only content, you name it, we've got it on there. Please check it out, patreon.com forward slash BTR Boxing Podcast Network. That's it, Fight Fans. I hope you've really enjoyed this episode, the after show on the tale of Tapia versus Romero. Podcast Network.